You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. On the fake, Rodgers lets it fly, has Watson, he's got it on his feet and he's in for the touchdown! That might be the biggest catch of this young receiver's career for Christian Watson. You can see him, it's just press man. They talk about his speed, his ability to get behind the defense. It's just a matter of can he catch it. That's a great job tracking the ball. He just took a big sigh of relief. Look at his buddies greeting him on the sideline, man. That's got to feel good. What's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you'd like to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. And on today's show, we have got quite a few topics to hit on. Everything is pretty much listener um, provoked, I guess you could say. And I think provoked is probably the right word. Man, it's been an interesting uh, offseason so far. I mean, we're not even through the playoffs yet. Intentions are high, right, in Packer land. And some people would refer to it as drama, right? Others refer to it as this is just part of business. Um, I don't know, man. I look at it a little bit different. I kind of see the situation that the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and everybody else is in. It's it's one of those things that it's not ideal to see, obviously, a fan base be uh, a little separated and and all that. but it's it's something that this is never going to happen again in Green Bay, you know, um, this specific situation. I know some people are going, oh, what happened with Favre? No, nah, it's a totally different scenario, man. Like I said before, you know, Favre uh, retired and unretired three times in the course of about 45 days, uh, according to Last Day at Lambeau and Tom Pelissero and everybody that was on that documentary. Really cool to see Tom Pelissero, young Tom Pelissero on that documentary before he – uh, you know, kind of took that next step and, and rose through the ranks there at NFL Network and is obviously ready to take over for Ian Rappaport if he should ever decide to, to step down. But, man, it's a, it's, it's a totally different situation. And I am completely prepared to go in a different direction with the podcast. But when I have listeners and, and you know, people on Twitter – that are saying, hey, man, what about this? What about that? Hit on this. And, and I've already learned a lot from everyone. Um, we're going to talk about what the listeners want us to talk about, right? And, again, it's always going to be factual on this podcast. It's not going to be – you'll never hear me say, this is what they need to do, guys. This is what I think they need to do, and it's the right way. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be arrogant and egotistical like that. I'm going to talk about the situation. If you see it, you got to say it. <laughs> Talk about the situation. Talk about here are the options. And I may throw my opinion in there, but it will always be backed up with I don't know as much as these front office personnel members. I don't know as much as Aaron Rodgers about football. I don't know as much about managing the salary cap as, uh, you know, Russ Ball. I don't know about evaluating talent more than Brian Gutekunst. I don't understand X's and O's better than Matt LaFleur. Anyone who does that, in my opinion, you immediately lose credibility. And they're out there. They're out there by the dozen. And and immediately there's probably somebody going, well, they, they have the right to their opinion too. Yes, they do. And I have the right to not care about their opinion. And when I see that, 
I'm done with them because you're not going to convince me that you understand football better than Kurt Warner. You're not going to do it. Like I'm still blown away at how many people disagreed with Kurt Warner. Like, okay, it's okay to disagree, but like it's a freaking Hall of Fame, a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, and you think you understand the game better than him. That just blows my mind. And I'm going to try not to be too animated on this podcast. You guys know me by now. I get, I do get very, uh, I, I, I get very animated at times. Um, mainly when, when other people try to prove their ignorance so much and they're not willing to, to kind of slow down and go, okay, mate, you know what? Let me step back here. I've never been in the front office. I've never been on the football field. Never been in a contract negotiation. Maybe, just maybe, this person knows a little more than me. <laughs> right. So we're going to try to bring that reasoning. And uh, and we're going to hit on some Aaron Rodgers stuff. We're also going to hit on, um, you know, some other things, wide receiver talk, stuff like that. But um, we're going to kind of let the listeners steer the ship, and that's exactly how we're going to end up where the final destination is. But first things first, I want to say congratulations to at Packers MKE. I believe his name is Tim uh, on Twitter. He is the winner of our autographed Paul Horning jersey. Um, really excited for him, man. Uh, if you guys aren't following him, go give him a follow on Twitter. Uh, I was so excited to announce he was the winner. When I put all the names in, I think we had like 50-some retweets. Um, and, you know, all these names went into the pile. When he came out, and I was like, who is this? Because I didn't recognize the Twitter handle. And then when I went to his Twitter page, I'm like, oh, this is that Mr. Green guy. Awesome. So it was really cool to – see him. He's one of those guys that's very outspoken about, about our troops and um, everything you see from him on Twitter is positive. You never see him tearing people down or trying to divide people. And I really appreciate that. That's kind of, I want that to be my approach. Although, like I always say, if somebody comes knocking on my door, I'm going to, I'm going to answer it. And if you, if, if you come down here to my front door and knock on the door and I open the door and go, Hey man, what's up? And you go, you're a moron. Okay. First of all, you do that on my property, you're getting hit in the mouth. If you do that on my Twitter page, you're going to get responded to and then probably blocked, right? And same thing, you know, it goes goes for Facebook groups and anything else. It's just amazing how people don't want to have a reasonable conversation. They just want to tell you you're stupid and then mute you, block you, and move on. And it's like, why did you even come over here to have this conversation? Like, what was the what was the purpose in your mind? It was, I'm going to go over there and sold them and leave. Did you think, oh, oh, man, he must be right. He seems like a reasonable guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's what I love about, um, uh, you know, Mr. Green here on uh, on Twitter. But anyway, at Packers MKE, congratulations. You won the autographed Paul Horning jersey. So good stuff there. We're going to get that in the mail to you today, man. And we're going to move on to the next giveaway here real soon. I've got several different pieces of memorabilia. One I'm thinking about doing, I kind of like it because he played a big role in uh, the Packers Super Bowl from 96. And that's um, a lot of y'all are cringing right now going, don't say it, Clayton, don't say it. Oh, it ain't him. Um, it's uh, Dorsey Levens. So I got an autographed Dorsey Levens jersey that we may throw into the mix. The only issue I have is I have misplaced the card, the uh, certificate of authenticity, although it is numbered with a serial code and all that stuff from pristineauction.com. So we may move forward with that. I just hate giving it away without – uh, that that actual card, maybe I can reach out to Pristine and get that replaced. So anyway, let's move on. Randall Cobb, um, something that kind of got overlooked this year. I'm sure some of y'all seen this um, throughout the year. 
Uh, I know I, it, it definitely eluded me. You know, here recently I was kind of going through some of the numbers. I'm, I'm somewhat of a stats guy. You guys know I'm a history nerd. We're going to get into some history topics when things slow down. Right now we've just got so many listeners that are, you know, providing content and all that stuff that, uh, you know, it's it's hard to say, okay, let's tie up uh, an entire episode with, with the history segment when the listeners have specific things that they want to talk about. So, um that's uh that's kind of kind of the direction we're going to go in, you know, kind of moving forward. Um and I just checked the email here. Got an email from Bill Ryan and this will actually play into the show later. I may touch on it here at the end Bill, but Bill basically talking about how Ryan um talked about Romeo Dobbs number of drops and all that stuff. Um, how it was a problem for Devontae Addison's first two seasons. Let me just read it right now. Hi, Clayton. Here's a link to the number of drops by Packer wide receivers. Um, so this wasn't mentioned by Ryan. It's just His name is Bill Ryan. I was surprised by Dobbs' number of drops. He needs to improve and remember Devontae Adams' problem with his first two seasons. Uh, meanwhile, Mel Copper has the pack taking Mayer with the first pick. Woo! Trying to get me gassed up here early, bro. Um, that's exciting for me. And, and isn't it funny, man? We were – me and <laughs> – <laughs> Me and Coach On broke it down the other night. You know, and you guys know on the podcast and on YouTube, we broke down uh, the film there for San Francisco and Cincinnati and, and just seeing the, how the tight ends play a huge role. And then I retweeted another thing out, actually sent it over to Coach On, where on the McAfee show they had A.Q. Shipley in the trenches with A.Q. Shipley breaking down some of the key blocks and blocking schemes. They picked out two plays that we had from the San Francisco game, which I thought was absolutely awesome. It's not to say, oh, we're smarter than them. It just – what it tells us is we're on the right path. This is a former NFL offensive lineman who's seen the same exact thing we've seen, Right. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later. But, Bill, thank you so much for the email there, man. Just wanted to hit on that. I happened to check the email there at the end. But one thing that got kind of brushed under the rug this year, guys, Randall Cobb um, actually passed James Lofton. I'm just going to read the tweet I put out. Now that the smoke has settled on another Packers season, let's take a second and show some love for Randall Cobb. He's now He now has the fifth most career receptions in Green Bay Packers history, passing Hall of Famer James Lofton with 532 catches and I thought it would be cool why don't we just uh play a little sound bite here uh, this is you know obviously there's a ton of different um ton of different things that we could share as far as Randall Cobb as a matter of fact there was like two or three that that I was going to play but we're just going to key in on one this was the big play um in the fourth quarter against Chicago as you guys know um this was a third and 10 Chicago was up 23 to 17 yeah, before this magic right here happened snap to A-Rod Rushes on, has time. Looking, throws middle. Yes. Got his man. Breaking free to the 50. He may go all the way to the 20 down the right side. And as Randall Cobb to the five, to the end zone, to the touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Randall Cobb to the lead score. Unbelievable. 75 yards. And the Packers have tied the game. the ball behind all the Bears. Down 20 in the third quarter. Left for dead. The Packers have outscored the Bears now 23-3 to since. Love it. You guys know that's the the game, I believe, where Rodgers broke his leg and came back and uh, and played on it. Um, 
I know he's not clutch and he's not tough. I got you. But that was a huge comeback there against the Bears. How quickly we forget, right? And it kind of shows you how good Randall Cobb was before he left. And it's why Aaron was so ticked off that you would let a guy like that walk. Um, and I, I don't I don't know how you guys feel, but for me, when they brung Randall Cobb back and me being a big Kentucky fan, I was excited. I was like, oh, my God. But at the same time, I was like, oh, come on, man. It's several years have passed. You know he's he's not better than he was when he was here. Is this the right move? Blah, blah, blah. Guys, he was our second highest graded wide receiver on the roster this year. Why he didn't get more touches is beyond me. And, and it showed me <clears throat> that they were really trying to put, you know, Dobbs in the lineup a little bit more and obviously trying to get Alan Lazard more touches and all that stuff. And maybe maybe Rodgers played a role. And isn't it amazing that it's I, – I literally heard this year that it was Rodgers' fault Cobb didn't get more touches because Alan, Alan Lazard is his guy. I was like, wait, okay, let me make, make sure I understand this correctly. Aaron Rodgers went to the coaching staff and said, hey, look, I don't want Randall Cobb on the field. I want Alan Lazard out here in the slot, playing that slot, that bully slot position. That what you're saying? Because that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Like none. Because just a few months ago, it was, oh my God, can you believe Aaron Rodgers made him bring Randall Cobb back? You can't have it both ways. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's just a, a multitude of opinions that that are constantly rolling out. It's just like, oh my God, it's so hard. But anyway. Uh, Randall Cobb passed James Lofton, receptions all-time in Green Bay. Um, he's now fifth on the list. He's only 22 catches away from Jordy Nelson for fourth all-time. So that's one thing to look forward to if Aaron does return to Green Bay. Um, <clears throat> if he doesn't retire in returns, if he's not traded in returns, if Cobby comes back for one more year, you're going to see him slide into that number four spot barring any crazy injuries. So that's really, really exciting there. Now, let's get down to one of the hot topics here. Um, let's talk a little Aaron Rodgers. And and I know some people, hey, listen, if you don't want to hear it, turn the podcast off. I completely understand. It's it's all over the place right now. You can't get away from it. But again, when listeners reach out, and I had a guy who hit me up, his name's Xavier, on uh on an email and said, Hey man, I wanted to I wanted to know uh, basically what was Rogers' breakdown as far as salary cap numbers you know, over the last five years, because he, he said he felt like he was underpaid was essentially what the email said. And it sparked me sending out a tweet when I looked up the numbers. So I went ahead and tweeted it out. And all I said was fun facts. Aaron Rodgers cap hit ranking compared to other quarterbacks since 2020. Now, some are going, oh, you cherry pick it. I couldn't go beyond 2020 because I'm not paying Spotrack for a subscription. Okay. I, I don't need to go back that far in time. I think in many cases, we focus too much on the past or too far in the future. You guys have heard me talk about that, so I'm not going to pay for a subscription where I have to go back one more year to 2019. To the best of my knowledge, I can only go back to 2020. But with that being said, we started in 2020. In 2020, his cap hit for quarterbacks, guys. This is just quarterbacks, so he's even lower on the on the total player list, okay? He had the 10th highest cap hit in 2020, and he won an MVP that year. There were nine other quarterbacks that had a higher cap hit in 2020 than Aaron Rodgers, and he won the MVP. 2021, he was third in cap hit amongst quarterbacks. There was two quarterbacks that made more money against the cap than him in 2021. That was another MVP year. Last year, 2022, he was fifth in total cap hit by the end of the calendar year. Okay, In 2023, He's right now sitting at 10th, okay, sitting at 10th. Now, that number may go down 
he may break, he may drop out of the top 10 in cap hit because there's other quarterbacks who are in line for a contract. And some teams like to structure contracts on the front side rather than the back. We'll have to see how it plays out. 2024, he's eighth. I feel really confident that, you know, if Joe Burrow gets a deal this year, then next year, Aaron Rodgers will drop on that list even more. Now, is he coming back in 2024? I don't think so. I think if he comes back, 2023 will be his last year. And the way I kind of see it right now is he's, he, you know, 2023 is one of those situations where if he says he wants to come back, right, they have to have a plan to make the cap work. But also these people that are talking about trade scenarios, I don't think they're taking everything into consideration. Just me. It's the epitome, guys. Uh, the majority of the conversation for me is hearing people basically every time they say it, this is what I hear. Let's buy high and sell low. That's what I keep hearing. <laughs> and, and it's not what they're specifically saying, but it's like you you want to absorb a $40 million cap hit this year if he's traded. And I had another emailer uh, you know, hit me up. It was, I think, Mr. Redbeard. God, I wish I hadn't closed that email out. I, I responded to him on email. Um, but let me do this. Let me just try to pull this up real quick because I do want to hit on this. I don't want to skip over his. Um, it's uh, at Mr. Underscore Redbeard2 on Twitter. Um, so you you know who is com composing this email. Hey, Clayton, hope you and yours are doing phenomenally. I have a, a potentially verbose – man, these people are smart out here <laughs> – email to write. So here it goes. I'm going to put the link to Ken Ingle's Twitter post that I'll be referencing. Know that I don't always agree with Ken's opinions, but I absolutely bow to his superior knowledge in contract matters. Um, he's got a link there, and I'm not going to click on it now for the sake of time, but here he says that the Rodgers contract was essentially, when all is said and done, a one-year extension for $99 million. It's in very interesting way of looking at it, but I'm not going to sit here and bash anybody. Um, if we trade him, based on my incredibly – Incredibly lacking knowledge of NFL finances, it sounds to me like we would want the other team to take on all or some of the $99.1 million. I'm not on the Rodgers to blame for his contract train. The Packers front office are the dummies that signed it. I agree with that. Rodgers, just like you and I, deserves whatever he can convince people to pay him. I, man, me and this guy, I think we might be brothers, long-lost brothers. I am, however, on the I don't think we'll win the Super Bowl with our team as it is, so go ahead and get what we can for Rodgers and begin the rebuild train. Even if we had an exorbitant cap hit in 2023, the goal is to get our next quarterback lots of on-field experience so we can hit the ground running in 2024 and beyond. The problem with my stance is this. How can we possibly trade Rodgers if his contract is the worst thing since Adam and Eve ate the apple. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's that's a little bit extreme there, bro. That was that's a pretty crucial moment in uh mankind history. You know, I mean that's like uh yeah, that's uh I almost said something. I'm gonna keep it to myself. <laughs> Will we agree to pay his tab to increase or pick uh pick player payout? What is the actual contract you think we will be trading away? I'll leave off I'll leave off with this. This is an exciting time in Packers history. Enjoy enjoy being a part of it. Don't let any hurt feelings ruin your appreciation of what is happening. Amen, 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 and amen. That's he summed it up as good as you can right there. I don't understand why everybody's taking things personally. And you will not find me climbing onto someone's post and bashing them for their stance on Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love. But isn't it funny that when you post your stance, they come screaming in to bash you? Right. That's what I'm experiencing. Simple opinion. 
here's how I feel. And then you've got people who hate Aaron Rodgers. That's why I always refer to them as the Rodgers haters come swooping in and, you know, want to bestow their knowledge on you. Like, bro, you, you knocked on my door. Okay. And again, if you do, don't be surprised if you get it slammed in your face. Like if you want to come over and have a reasonable conversation, I got it. Absolutely. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to, I'm not going to read the email response I had to him. Um, you guys know where I stand on this, but at the same time, um, it's very important to answer listener emails, right? So nobody knows exactly what the contract is. I'm going to say this over and over and over and over. And it, it cracks me up that people go, oh, that's not true. And then you ask them to explain it and they always get to the end and they go, well, I really don't. Well, it just depends on what do you think that means? What do you like I said? No one knows. You know how I know that no one knows is because Andrew Brandt and Mark Rogers, I've said it hundreds of times, it feels like, on this podcast, and it's amazing how many people won't go listen to that episode. They both said the only people who know is David Dunn, Aaron Rodgers, and the front office of the Green Bay Packers. And they both ended it with, I think this is a one-year deal. I think this is a one-year deal. And that's exactly what it was. It was what Rodgers said, a one plus a two with the option of a three. What does that mean? They gave him stability saying, look, we're going to make it so difficult for us to trade you next year that you know you're not a lame duck quarterback and we commit to you. That's what Rodgers wanted was a commitment, right? And it's structured in a way that if he walks away, then the salary cap number, the salary cap hit drops immensely. Now, let's talk about this. What a lot of people are not mentioning, and just to be completely honest, the way that was worded from him that came from said Twitter guy, right? They don't mention that this money is from past contracts that's been pushed over too. Like, it's not just like this is one, they just, he worded that in a way to say, they basically said he's getting paid a hundred million dollars for one year. That's silly. And you can see the goalposts are constantly moving. So let's get back to his question. This is the best guess of what the situation would be. If Rogers were to be traded before June 1st, okay, You've got a June 1st deadline, and it's really, really important because that triggers certain certain aspects of the contract. If he were to be traded before June 1st, then the Packers would take on $40.3 million in cap hit in 2023. Now, why is it structured that way, Clayton? Glad you asked. Because, again, Aaron Rodgers knew, and and I don't care what anybody says, Aaron Rodgers, when he was talking about being a lame duck quarterback, do you know what he meant, guys? Because nobody's even talking about this. Do you know what he meant? What he meant was Tay's leaving. We know that. The last dance tweet and Instagram post that Tay put up and Aaron put up and the immediate the media automatically went up. What did, you, what did they say the entire time? Isn't it funny they don't go back and go, man, we got that wrong. The entire time they said that was Aaron Rodgers saying this is the last dance. He's leaving. No, it was Devontae Adams saying it's the last dance. He was leaving because he had already worked that out with the Packers. They had already now did the Packers try to sign him at the last second and keep him? Absolutely. I think that the offer for more money was more about saving face for the Packers fans from the front office than it was, hey, we really are excited about paying you this, but that's that's a story for another day. But the last dance tweet had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. It was everything to do with Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers sent it back out in respect to Tay. What did Tay say when they asked him that year? Is it because your relationship with Aaron Rodgers? He said, no, I will stand on the effing mountain and shout for number 12. 
basically saying, I've got all the respect in the world for 12. I want to go play in Vegas, right? So that's what that whole last dance thing was about, right? Now, when Aaron, think about this, rewind two years, and Aaron made the lame duck quarterback con, uh, comment. Remember that? I don't want to go out as a lame duck quarterback, right? What did he mean by that? Tell you exactly what he meant by that. He knew Tay was most likely going to be gone. He knew everything that was going to be in place for this team moving forward, and he knew there was going to be a down year. What did he say all year long? I mean, he was trying to hold it together. I just want to go out. I want to go down swinging. I want to go down swinging. If this is the last year, I want to go down swinging. He wanted to finish his career as a Green Bay Packer. He said it over and over and over, and how appreciative and happy he is for that. But he didn't want to put himself in a position for the team to have a horrible year like they did, and then the team just dump him on his head. If you fault him for that, then, hey, look, that's your opinion. I don't fault another human being for trying to protect themselves from being put in a crappy situation. If Let's put it this way. If you work down here at the factory, right, and you have been the employee, you've been their top employee, their top producer for the last 10 years, 15, let's go 15, the last 15 years, right? And they decided they're going to change some machinery up and we're going to go a little bit cheaper. And whether it was intentional or not, but the budget, everything just kind of hit. And this is how the team is going to be. This is how the, the machines are going to be. And your production is going to go down, right? But we're going to judge whether we keep you around or not based off your production. Wait a minute, what? So you're you're setting me up for failure. You're setting me up for failure. How is that fair? Okay, why don't you just trade me? Why don't you why don't you let me go? You remember when he was saying that to the Packers? That's what he was talking about. So what did the Packers do? Matt LaFleur, you guys know I'm a big Matt LaFleur fan, but I want him back in the worst way. Brian Gudikins, I can't no, we're not trading him. We're not even thinking about trading Aaron Rodgers. Mark Murphy, he's done so much for this organization. He's a complicated fellow, but he's going to be a part of it, right? They made the decision. They doubled down when Aaron said, if this is the plan moving forward, then just trade me. And what did they do to get him to come back? First of all, they went on their hands and freaking knees and begged him. Am I saying I agree with that? Absolutely not. But the truth is the truth. If you see it, you got to say it. So they structured it in a way to say, look, man, how many years you want to play? I guarantee you, Aaron said, at least one more. But after that, it's probably going to be year to year. All right, let's structure it in a way where you know we cannot trade you after next year. Guys, he was coming off back-to-back MVPs. All these uh, GM, the, these uh, salary cap gurus and, and Packers GM, armchair GMs that think that, oh, I knew he was going to drop off this year. You're silly. Back-to-back uh, MVPs. And here he played with a broken thumb, and it's hilarious how that never gets mentioned. He had a crappy season, yeah? But? No but? Really, no but. So he just had a, he just had a crappy season. Wow. I thought he had a freaking sling on his thumb all year long. That never gets mentioned by certain people, right? If you see it, you got to say it. If you're not willing to say it when you see it, then I'll see you later. I ain't listening to your pod. I ain't following you on Twitter. That right there is it's garbage. It's not worth it. There's too much content, too much material out there that actually tells the whole story. So anyway, they structured it in a way that, hey, look, man, let's, let's structure it so that if we trade you, there's no way we could trade you because of the cap hit we would have to absorb. That's what you're seeing there with that $40.3 million. There are some people who are saying that Rodgers is selfish for taking that deal. He's selfish for taking that deal. Have you seen Deshaun Watson's deal? 
$250 million guaranteed. Guys, he faced over 20 sexual assault uh, you know, uh, accusations, right? He hasn't won one single MVP. He hasn't won one single Super Bowl. I don't know if he's even got a play. I think he's got one playoff win, if I remember correctly. And that's the money he got. Now, again, we go back to the salary. What do we talk about? Aaron Rodgers, 2020 MVP year, 10th highest paid quarterback. 2021 MVP year, third highest paid quarterback. 2022, last year, fifth highest paid quarterback. 2023, it drops to 10th. 2024, it drops to 8th. And you're going to sit here and tell me that he was selfish with the contract he took. Well, yeah, what about the guaranteed money? It's going to catch up to you sooner or later. We're going to talk about that here in a minute because that guy's – you can tell when people just listen to the same the same media members and just regurgitate what they say. And I cannot tell you how many times I've been DM'd and people were like, hey, thanks for posting that. I had no idea. Like literally DMs flooded, notifications flooded with people going, hey, man, thanks for showing this, dude, how, and, and tagging other people. Hey, I thought he was $50 million against – I thought he was a $50 million cap hit. No, because they have stamped him with the $50 million a year quarterback thing, right? How many times have you heard them say that very thing about Deshaun Watson? How many times have you heard somebody say Deshaun Watson is making more money than Aaron Rodgers? Not once. wonder why that is. You ever remember Deshaun Watson uh, pushing back on the vaccine? Because I don't. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe it does. So, again, to answer his question, to trade him $40.3 million against the cap. Why am I mentioning that, guys? If you trade him, let me tell you what that does. Say bye-bye to Aaron Jones. Say bye-bye to David Bakhtiari. And, and there are some people that want that. They want to tear it all down. And why do they want to tear it all down right now? Because they've got their scapegoat. Hey, look, we could just blame it on him and his contract. Well, we couldn't do much with the contract. It was just after the, after the team committed to him. Again, I'm not saying there's no chance he doesn't get traded. If he does get traded, this is what gives me peace and makes me happy about the whole situation. If he gets traded, what it simply means is that he and the organization sat down and they said, Aaron, here's what we want to do as far as bringing people back. Here's what the roster is going to look like. How do you feel about that? And if Aaron goes, man, that ain't enough to, to really compete, is it? No, probably ain't. We believe in our guys, but I see your point. All right, cool. Let's see if we can work out a trade. The fact that the team would be willing to do that gives me a lot of respect for them because they would have to eat $40.3 million. Now, Ryan's podcast yesterday, if you guys haven't heard it, my God, go listen to it. It is gold. And, and you guys know me and Ryan have disagreed on Aaron Rodgers all year long. And it's it's been very respectful. Like when he said, I don't care about the vaccination status. You had a bad year and your contract sucks, right? I laughed out loud because I was like, there is nothing wrong with that opinion. That makes sense. I wish he was playing for the league minimum, guys. Hear me out. I wish Aaron Rodgers was the league minimum cap hit. Unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. And I'm not saying that's Ryan, what Ryan's saying. It's not what I'm saying at all. It's just I really, really enjoyed that podcast. For us being on separate realms, you know, in that, like, you know, I seen him say on Twitter the other day, you know, I think we should trade him because he said, I agree with you when somebody said he trade. I understand it. And we're going to get to that here in a second, too, about compensation, man. Some of the compensation that people are throwing out now, like Ryan did really, really well. 
He pointed out that there's nothing saying that that's the case, that he's going to be traded. There's no reports. Everything is just conjecture. Everything's just opinion at this point. And that's exactly what Adam Scheffner has done. Here's the problem I have with Adam Scheffner. The whole people that say, oh, he didn't really do anything wrong, just giving his opinion. On draft day, he said that basically the draft talks had heated up. You can go watch it. You can go watch the report. On draft day, literally everything blew up. And all it was all day long was Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the Niners. Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the Niners. I've told you guys in the past how that fractured the relationship, the friendship between uh, Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan. You've seen the ice-cold handshake that first game afterwards because he put him in an awkward place. That didn't come out of 1265 Lombardi Avenue. That got leaked out through San Francisco's side to put pressure on the front office to try to get them to trade Aaron Rodgers. You guys remembering all this now? So Adam Schefter – and then later when he was pressed for it, where did you get the new information from? Where did it come from? Well, this was an old report. I was just bringing it back up. You Wait, what? And if you watch how he reported it, Pat McAfee hit it on it perfect. Um, it's hilarious. And I want to say this about what, what Ryan was saying about Pat McAfee and, and how, you know, that's just an opinion. That's just an opinion. I, we can agree to disagree. I felt like Pat was being very sarcastic 90% of what he was saying. I didn't think he was literally trying to – when he was saying, uh, well, now we got reports coming out. This so-and-so is hearing this, and he's now being traded. I took that as he's he's being very sarcastic. Like, oh, look at here. And he always makes the Indianapolis Colts joke. So, anyway, $40.3 million cap hit, guys. You're basically scrapping everything. Now, if he's not traded – if he retires, then $15.8 million of his cap hit will remain on 2023. So that basically cuts his cap hit in half. We've talked about that, right? And this is, guys, with the caveat, the big asterisk, right, that we don't know exactly what this contract is. The, when he made the comment on the McAfee show the other day that, well, the deal would all obviously have to be reworked. What did that – so many people took that as that means they're going to rework it so they could trade him. No. That's not, Ryan pointed out how the, the salary cap can be finagled to where they can fit him on another roster with the way the, 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 you know, it sits right now. I think what he's referring to personally is tacking on two voidable years so you can spread out the majority, the rest of this cap hit and probably being willing to take less money on the backside if he decides to play longer. Like that's, that's kind of the way I see it. Again, nobody knows. Nobody knows. I want to respond to emails. But we, we're going to know soon. I think we'll know probably sometime between February 15th and March 15th. And I pray to God I'm not in the middle of the Caribbean on some island with no Wi-Fi when it happens because we're supposed to take a trip. And I'm going to be so mad if that news breaks and I can't do a podcast because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to – I love hearing people's podcasts when it's just the, the raw um, reaction to, to news breaking. I think those are the best pods. And – you know, like Ryan had mentioned before, the reason he wanted to do podcasts is it's just kind of a walk back down memory lane. You can literally go back and hear your uh, real-time reactions to things happening and, and all that stuff. I think it's awesome for his kids, too, that they'll be able to hear him walk through his journey as a Packer fan, you know, and all of it is basically archived. It's really, really cool. So um, now Ian originally said on the McAfee show, what else did he say? He said that um, it's structured. He said a very creative contract basically put together by the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, right? Pauls, go back to the Mark Rodgers, Andrew Brandt conversation. He said, now this Aaron Rodgers contract is an outlier. He wanted to make that really, really clear. This is an outlier. He And what he was saying is when he went to the front office for the Denver Broncos and worked out Russell Wilson's new contract, which guy's looking like a magic man right now with the way Russell Wilson played, right? <laughs> 
he basically said, no, throw that out the window. That's an outlier. You cannot apply that. And then he followed up and said, I don't know why Aaron did that the way he did. Do you think he wasn't saying that in a good way for, for another player looking to get paid, was he? Because he left all this stuff open to where things, you know, again, he, he could have seeked Deshaun Watson money, but he didn't. Why didn't he? For cap purposes. Again, this year, what's his cap hit? This year, 10th amongst quarterbacks. So that's what I think he meant by that. Now, Ian originally said they can also spread that out over a multitude of years. I'm not going to name drop, but this is when I really started to steer away from uh, some people who claim to understand the cap completely. They said verbatim, and I've got it screenshot, that that's not possible. They're not allowed to do it. Where did you hear that at? Basically, I tweeted it. Someone else jumped in the mentions like they always do, tagged another guy. Then he come in, where did you hear that? I literally posted the video with him. Well, they can't do that. That's not allowed. Okay, got it. So you understand the salary cap better than the people closest to the league. Mute, I'm done. When you get to that point, I'm done. It's bad enough you already are negative about everything, and then you try to dunk on the front office all the time. Then I get accused of dunking on him because I point out that, hey, man, maybe you don't know as much as the front office. I could be wrong. I know I don't. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious how people play victim and point that stuff out. So he originally said you could add on multiple years and spread that hit out, right? So if he retires 15.8 against the cap, guys, that's going to free up roughly 16 million in cap for us. Aaron Rodgers sells off into the sunset. Hey man, thank you for your services. Go enjoy life. Right. If he returns to 2020 or after that, if he retires this year in 2024, you have 24.4 million against the cap. Okay. 15 this year, roughly 16 that you, uh, that you're going to absorb. And then 24 next year, again, from past deals that comes into play here too. Everybody likes to not mention that. Right. So you push it forward. Now, what Ian's saying is you could extend out more more years. You could put voidable years. Guys, you could do as many. You could, To the best of my knowledge, I've seen teams do up to five voidable years. I'm not even going to go that route. I'm just going to say two. Say you tack on two voidable years. What happens? You take that 40 million that people are saying all of a sudden they're not worried about cap hits. Right. All of a sudden. But their plan is to do what? Scrap it down and have an excuse. Blame Aaron Rodgers. Move on to the next quarterback. Now we get to. Madden, Madden talk. Who, who are we going to draft? I know who I'm trading up, taking with my first pick. All that silly stuff. So, with that being said, you tack on two years, you spread $40 million out over four years now. That means an average of $10 million per year. You can structure it in a way where it's back-loaded, front-loaded, however you want to do it. And you give yourself maneuverability where on those voidable years you can move that around. Right? That is cash over cap. That is how the NFL is operating today. I don't like it. I'll be the first to say I don't like it. But just because you don't like the rules of the game don't mean you tear the whole thing down and say I quit. You know what that sounds like? A bunch of people in modern-day society who get uh, are mad because their spouse did something they didn't agree with, and now all of a sudden let's get a divorce. I'm done with it. Just get it out of here. Start from the beginning. It's, it's sad, man. It's sad to watch how people react to stuff. So anyway, this was a mutual agreement between the team, the team and the player. So – I posted it on Facebook, right, on the Facebook group, and this is what always cracks me up, and I won't go too much into detail. As a matter of fact, I don't even have it pulled up. Basically, I posted that same tweet on the Packernet Facebook group, right? Fun facts, Aaron Rodgers' cap hit ranking compared to uh, quarterbacks since 2020. 
multiple other quarterbacks in line for new deals in 2023 and 2024. Numbers could drive him on down on that list, but I know he's selfish. Oh, my God. Here they came. Flooding in. And, and the reason I wanted to mention is because they climb into a post that I put up. They tell me how stupid I am, and I don't understand the cap. And then what do they do? They immediately block me so I can't respond. I can't reply to their comment. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny how that works? Don't that sound a little bit like cancel culture? <laughs> Cracks me up. So anyway, one of the points they made was Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith a lower cap hit uh, somewhere else with the Vikings. He he got he was a lower cap hit last year with the Packers. He was with the Packers. Who cares? He's not on the Packers roster anymore. Why do you care what he makes in Minnesota? Like that that makes no sense to me. Yeah, you you want <laughs> you're sitting here telling me that you give a rip what Zadarius Smith is making against the cap in Minnesota. By the way, did you see him drop off? Kind of looks like we made the right move, right? That never gets mentioned. So that got brought up. Guys, Zadarius Smith is not on our cap anymore. He's not on the 2023 salary cap. I could not tell you how many people were blown away by that. Yeah, he is. We just because we kicked the can down the road. No, he's off the cap. That was last year. Well, it affected us last year. How? How did it affect us last year? Explain this one to me. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. And that's exactly what I got right there, silence. Because last year, what did we do? We gave Jair Alexander the most expensive contract in NFL history for a cornerback. What else did we do? We re-signed Elton Jenkins to a deal that I thought was too expensive. It's funny that the people who you know, are kicking and screaming about the salary cap and Aaron Rodgers has ruined everything agreed with the Elton Jenkins contract extension. I was like, you, you definitely overpaid for Elton there. Sorry. That's what the market value shows. Now, if you want him, got it. Hey, he's on the Packers. Let's go, man. I hope he has the best, the best four years of his career. But you can't, you can't pick and choose like that. Jair Alexander, Elton Jenkins, and some people are going to know Elton Jenkins. Well, it goes on next year. No, buddy, they front loaded it. They put it on twenty twenty two. They split it up. The first, the first fourteen million, seven on this year, seven on next. To the best of my knowledge, I need to check the numbers again, but that's what it was looking like. So they were able to absorb some of that cap hit. So they re-signed Jair Alexander, who kicks in next year. El this year. Currently, uh, Elton Jenkins, they re-signed Russell Douglas to a three-year deal. They re-signed Devondre Campbell to a three-year deal. I think it was actually a total five-year deal, so it might have been a four-year extension. I'd have to go look at the numbers. You re-signed all four of those players. And this is after you offered Devontae Adams the richest wide receiver contract in history. Now, 
if if he signs that, obviously you don't sign those other four p- players, right? That was kind of the the push there. That was plan A and plan B, obviously. How did Zadarius Smith ruin the cap last year? It's going to catch up to us. How? He's off the books, guys. It's not going to magically pop back up on the books next year. Zadarius Smith is off the freaking books. It's over. You lost the argument. You said it was going to ruin the cap, and it didn't. Right? Now, if you want to sit here and tell me that Adrian Amos was a bad deal pushing that out, I'm 100% on board with you. With his PFF grade of 54 and the way he played all year long, I mean, if you see it, you got to say it. I hope he rebounds. I hope he, whether he's in Green Bay or not, man, he seems like a stand-up guy. They picked they picked him as a team captain for a reason. I hope he goes out and rips it up, right? But that's the bad deal. And that's the thing that people overlook. Another thing they brought up was Drew Brees. Drew Brees is gone. What are you talking about? They're doing the same thing with Rodgers that they did with Drew Brees, and it's going to ruin the contract. It's going to ruin their uh, contract situation. Let's go to the Saints and take a look, shall we? 2023 cap. Let's look here. Hmm. No Drew Brees. No, he's not there. He's not. No. Drew Drew Brees ain't even a cap penalty, guys. He's gone, just like Zadarius Smith. It's no longer a factor. Now you say, okay, it affect 2022, right? If it affected 2022 so much, let me ask you this. How in the world are they paying Cameron Jordan $25.6 million against the cap? Against the cap. Marshawn Lattimore, $22.4 million against the cap. Ryan Ramchek, $21.4 million against the cap. Andrus Pete, a guard, $18.3 million against the cap. Alvin Kamara, $16 million against the cap. Here's you a really good one. I know Drew Brees ruined the franchise forever. Jameis Winston, $15.6 million against the cap. Taysom Hill, tied in, $13.9 million against the cap. Michael Thomas, $13.5 million against the cap. Demario Davis, $13.2 million against the cap. Eric McCoy, $12.6 million against the cap. Guys, Drew Brees and them pushing that money out to last year did not ruin this cap situation. What ruined this cap situation is signing player, overpaying for players. Now, why do I bring that up? Because what happened everywhere else that there was a Hall of Fame quarterback, Peyton Manning in Indy, right? He leaves, goes to Denver, and wins a Super Bowl. Indy hasn't won a Super Bowl since. Isn't it funny? We always talk about how rosters that are structured in a way where quarterbacks make less money are the only ones who can compete for a Super Bowl, right? Peyton Manning goes out to Denver, wins a Super Bowl, Hall of Fame quarterback. Tom Brady leaves New England. They they haven't got a playoff win since he's left, and he went on to win a Super Bowl, Hall of Fame quarterback. Drew Brees leaves, leaves New Orleans. What happens? Hall of Fame quarterback leaves. They go in the tank, and it's because well, it's their roster screwed up. Their roster screwed up because they made bad deals. They overpaid for every one of those players I just listed for you. But it's Drew Drew Brees' fault. He's not on this calculator here, guys, at all. The the David uh, David Onyemata, defensive tackle, he's literally a cap hit this year for 10.1, and he's not on the roster. That has nothing to Drew, do with Drew Brees. You should have cut him. And that's exactly the path that the, the, the Packers have taken is – Let's focus on quarterback. Why? It's the most important position on the football field. Nobody's debating that. Your roster is the reason you had a bad year. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you look, like I said, we just broke down the entire Saints roster. I'm not going to speak. This ain't a Saints podcast. I just wanted to point that out. Drew Brees is not even on the cap this year, guys. And they've got to dig themselves out of a hole, absolutely. Has nothing to do with Drew Brees this year. Nothing. Nothing at all. 
Well, it's because they had to kick other people down the road because of Drew Brees. Bull. That is the biggest crock of BS. The, the reason they did that with Adrian Amos is because they thought Adrian Amos was going to be a starting caliber safety. He was not. He was bad. That's the mistake. That is the mistake. They should not have done that. They should have cut him loose or traded him. But when I say that, I guarantee you people are going, well, you didn't know that was going to happen, just like you didn't know Aaron Rodgers was going to have a bad year and break his thumb. Sound familiar? You, you've got to tell the whole story. You've heard me say it over and over. Aaron Rodgers had a down year. Is it the thumb? Could be. Might not be. This may be the cliff. But if he wants to come back, all of a sudden he just forgot how to play football? That doesn't make sense to me. Okay, what are the wh then what stands out? What could have happened? Oh, looky there. He broke his thumb. Hark. Maybe that had something to do with it. And what's crazy is you're going to hear about hear about the numbers now. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Zach Cruz put a tweet out. And he put, according to Pro Football Reference, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers was second amongst NFL quarterbacks in on-target percentage and also second in passes drop percentage in 2022. The 40 total drops were tied for the most. Why am I bringing that up? All of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers sucks, and he's the problem. We need to get rid of him, right? Time to turn the page. Windows closed. He's washed up. Okay. So his receivers led the league in drops. Do you understand what I'm saying? There is no other team in the National Football League that had more drops than the Green Bay Packers. There was one other that was tied. Nobody had more drops than the Green Bay Packers receivers. But it's Aaron Rodgers' fault. Got it. Okay. Accuracy. According to Pro Football Reference, second among NFL quarterbacks in on-target percentage. You guys remember when I went on the rant about completion percentage and how I always lean toward completion percentage because there's a multitude of people who are grading it out and saying, that one's on target. I don't think that one is. And when they vary, their opinions vary. You've got two different human human beings, probably way more than two different human beings, watching the tape and seeing different things. I'm sorry I'm not going to rely on that. But you can err on the side of caution and go, what was his completion percentage? If a player caught a pass, don't you think it was on target? I mean, I'm just saying. You could say, oh, they made a great catch. I would rather lean on that stat than lean on one that multiple humans are saying it because I already seen people come in and go, well, this website has them down here. This website has them there. Okay. Completion percentage then. What was it? The first, before he injured his thumb, whatever it was, the first four weeks of the season, 67% completion percentage, 2% higher than his career average. During the thumb injury, before the bye, we all know that he got rested up after the bye and they felt like, okay, his thumb is as healthy as it's been. Since it's hurt, still wasn't healthy. People like to pretend like all of a sudden it was magically not broken. That's not the case. The extra rest helped, and throughout the course of the year, it got better at times. It got banged up at times. It is what it is. Well, he doesn't say that, right, because he would get crucified if he said, man, I had down here because I had a broken thumb. What did he say all year long? I don't think it played a role. He took the high road, and people use it as a point. Well, okay, the thumb isn't a, isn't a factor then. That's Come on, guys. It's, be, it's just like the whole trade thing. If he doesn't consider the fact that he may be traded, then he's egotistical. If he doesn't consider the fact that it's mutual, he said it right on the McAfee show. Everybody just breezed right over it. This was, I think it was last week or the week before. He said, do you think it's mutual? Do you think it's mutual or whatever? And he said, well, I mean, if if I think it was during the press conference that he actually said, you know, if I sit here and say it isn't mutual, then that's egotistical, right? So he he, he can't win. It doesn't matter what he says. Somebody's going to find fault in it. So anyway, and again, I love how he said, I'm not sitting there trying to claim play, uh, you know, trying to claim uh, to be a victim. 
that's not me. I, I and he went on to bash current society and how everybody's got victim mentality. I'm over here going preach, 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 because it's it's like the Gronk thing. Everybody got offended by Gronk's comments. I think Gronk's an idiot. That's just me personally. I think most of the time, what comes out of his mouth, all the 69 comments and the and the just the the vulgar, uh, perverted stuff he says constantly. It's like, yeah, he don't he don't let it bounce around in that that big old head very much before it comes flying out of his freaking mouth. He just says stuff. They showed him one little clip, and he said, why are you worried about MVPs and not championships? He talked about championships. I'm so glad to hear Ryan talk about that and bring it up, how that got overblown. That's what I love about Ryan's pod. Whether we agree or not, it's going to be truth all the time. And if if it's something I disagree with, it ain't that well, he's just lying. It's okay, we just disagree on it. But there's some people that just blatantly freaking lie to fit their narrative. It's wild. So to point out what Zach Cruz said, According to Pro Football Reference, um, he was the second most accurate quarterback in the NFL this year. That's what he's saying, on target passes. Now, did he make bad decisions? Yes. Didn't mention that. Threw interceptions? Yes. Right? Like, you know, even the even the pass that got hit off of the, the linebacker's face mask and intercepted in the end zone, that may have been an accurate pass, right? Stupid decision. Two different things. That's why I say he did have a down year. Was it the thumb? I don't know. Again, the accuracy – seemed to come back, started off strong, seemed to come back. And nobody is pointing out that the wide receivers led the league in drops. It's just Aaron Rodgers has watched. Time to turn the page. Time to move on. The window has closed. Talking about the most important position in the entire NFL. And you've got a guy who's won four MVPs, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. It was a long time ago, Clayton. Okay. If, 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 right? But, 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 but. Facts aren't waiting for you to agree with them. They're not. Either somebody's this caliber or they ain't. You know, the, the best argument I got all year long was, Clayton, he's having a bad year. What are you basing that off of? My eyes. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Your eyes are way more special than everyone else's, right? Way more special than Kurt Warner's? Got it. So, wide receiver spending. 25th. I'm going to say it again, guys. We rank 25th in the entire National Football League in money spent on wide receiver. Well, they don't have the money to spend, really, because they were going to offer Tay a record deal. So what happened? They got caught with their pants down. Tay demanded to be taken out, and he was, and then they didn't pull the trigger on other opportunities. I'm not talking about Chase Claypool. I'm not talking about all these other guys. They seem to have hit a home run with Christian Watson. But, again, facts aren't waiting for you to agree with them. In the entire NFL, they are 25th in wide receiver spending. Let me put that into perspective. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle off a few teams here, and you tell me if they had a good year. Los Angeles Chargers, they made the playoffs, right? They lead the league in wide receiver spending at 35.9. Jacksonville Jaguars made the playoffs, right? Cinderella season. Remember me having to eat crow because I said Christian Kirk was a horrible signing? $27.5 million. They are third in the league in wide receiver spending. Okay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, did they make the playoffs? $25.1 million with a horrible offensive line, $25.1 million. They are fifth in the NFL in wide receiver. Giants made the playoffs, didn't they? They're seventh. Bengals, eighth. Miami Dolphins, ninth. Seattle Seahawks, 11th. All these are playoff teams that I just rattled off in the top 10. Where are the Packers? 25th. But I know it's Aaron Rodgers' fault. It makes no sense. Like, I don't understand – where people are coming from other than they hate him for his vaccination stance. Um, the other thing is everybody's open. 
He just won't throw to the open guy. Why didn't the the one tweet that went out? I'm not going to dunk on anybody to use other people's terms. I'm not going to uh, you know throw their name out there and try to draw attention to them. But someone put a video out saying, "Look, Christian Watson's wide open. Why didn't he throw it?" And Kurt Warner picked it apart. Right, twice this year, Kurt Warner did this. Earlier in the year, when everybody was saying Aaron Rodgers is washed up, first of all, at that point, they did not know his thumb was broken. And then what did Kurt Warner do? He showed the tape. Guys, in one game, breaking down film of a Packers game, I think it was the Detroit game it could have been. I, I can't remember exactly. There was like six different times that he pointed out wide receivers were on the ground where they slipped and fell. There was multitude of times where he pointed out they were running the same routes or in the same vicinity. And he's like, I don't understand. these. It can't just be the players – are in the wrong place all the time, these look like screwed up route concepts, right? Route combinations, passing concepts. What have I said all year long? These passing concepts make no sense. You guys heard me. The very one that they pointed out that he should have thrown to Christian Watson, right? What did I say? Why Why do you not have the X running a go there to clear it out for Tunyon? If you're going vert, go vert. If you go vert, the idea is you want to divide and conquer down the field, and you've got to have someone with great arm strength to thread the needle. But you're not going to throw it to a guy, Christian Watson, who's got a safety five yards away from him, staring, just waiting to take his head off. Same thing with Tunyon on the on the uh, on the front side. Why didn't why did that safety? Why was the safety allowed to do that? Why was he able to sit there on Bob Tunyon? Because we ran an X shallow, an X drag, an X short, you know shallow cross, whatever you want to call it, with Aaron Jones, and literally we played right into the defense's hand with the route combination. And then what is what happens? Aaron walks to the line like, what a horrible freaking call. And and what do fans say? Aaron's not running LaFleur's offense. So who is he cussing out? When he's walking to the sideline, you're complaining about him being upset and showing it. He's cussing himself out through Matt LaFleur. Is that what's going on? No, Matt LaFleur's calling the plays. Horrible play call. That's not my opinion. That is Kurt Warner's opinion, Hall of Fame quarterback. He pointed out receivers falling on the ground. Well, I don't trust a Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay, Pro Football Reference says that they led the league in drops. Well, that's just a stat. That don't matter. Got it. Okay, well, positional spending. They they spent, you know, there's only seven teams that spent less money on wide receivers in the entire NFL. Well, money don't really matter. It's all about talent. How many ifs are you going to throw in? Whatever we got to do to draw the narrative that Aaron Rodgers is the problem. For some, not all. I think it's a minority. It's just they're extremely loud. Pat alluded to that the other day. So I guess Kurt Warner's wrong too. Michael Lombardi, what did he say earlier this year? You guys know Michael Lombardi has forgot about forgot more about football than I'll ever know, right? I cannot stand his demeanor sometimes. There's sometimes that I'm just like, God, why do you got to be an a-hole, man? Like you, you're so just brash and just, ugh. It's like you can't have many friends. That's the first thing that goes through my mind when I hear him talk. But the dude knows football. Why do I listen to him? Because he knows football, period. Why do I listen to Kurt Warner? First ballot Hall of Famer, he knows football, right? What did Michael Lombardi say earlier this year? He said he got everybody in Green Bay contract extensions. Brian Gutekind's got a contract extension. Matt LaFleur got a contract extension. Obviously, Mark Murphy's job is always going to be safe until Russ Ball takes another job. He's going to be safe. He got everybody contract extensions. Won back-to-back MVPs, and we get a freaking punt block in return for a touchdown and lose a playoff game, and it's Aaron Rodgers' fault. Like Michael Lombardi said, he got everybody in Green Bay contract extensions, but now all of a sudden he doesn't know how to play football. Come on, guys. What's the big difference? What happened last year? We lose our number one target. He didn't get replaced. Our replacement for him came on strong in the second half, and Christian Watson looking like a stud, but too little too late. Aaron Rodgers breaks his th- 
thumb on his throwing hand. Rashawn Gary, the uh, best player on our defense, goes down with a knee injury. David Bakhtiari, the most important, second most important position on offense at left tackle, is in and out early in the season. Couldn't create continuity there. The coaching staff completely whiffed on Royce Newman, thinking he was he was the right guy for the rotation. How the heck they missed on that's beyond me. Amari Rogers returning kicks for almost half the season before they went to Keyshawn Nixon, who ended up coming in and being the AP returner of the year. Like, this coaching staff has made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake on offense, in my opinion. And why in the world it took them so long to go that route on special teams is beyond me. Isn't it funny, though, on defense, I'm seeing people blow coverages. On offense, I'm seeing silly route concepts and bad wide receiver play. But it's Aaron Rodgers' fault. Wow. So, again, Michael Lombardi, man, I trust him. And, uh, you know, the other one, Aaron Aaron Rodgers won't run LaFleur's offense. That one always gets me. You guys know I've been studying this all year long. I've watched, I've watched every snap multiple times of every single Packers game all year long, right? And what have I said all year long? This is not Shanahan's system. Laf- this is LaFleur's system. This ain't LaFleur's system. This is Aaron Rodgers' system. Okay. So what you're telling me is when Aaron Ro- when when Matt LaFleur came to Green Bay, he came over and he installed his offense in one offseason, and they ran that for 2019, 2020, and 2021, winning back-to-back MVPs for the quarterback. Then all of a sudden he decided, we're going to change it up and run McCarthy's system. No. Guys, you've got it backwards. Not you listen to my voice, but the people who are saying that. When he came in, you know the big talking point. You can go search through Twitter. You can go look at all the old news headlines. Aaron didn't didn't want to just completely give up and relinquish, uh, you know, the ability to change the play at the line of scrimmage, audible, and all those things, just like every other quarterback, including Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, everyone else. It's amazing hearing A.Q. Shipley talk about how Tom Brady runs his offense. I think the problem is Aaron isn't dug completely in. He's trying to be nice about it at times rather than, hey, look, here's what I think we should really do. That's just my opinion. I think they're both half in, half out. So, anyway, you come in, you run a hybrid version of McCarthy's system and LaFleur system, 13 games, 13 games, 13 games. You lose Tay. Now you lose the ability for Aaron to improvise, you know, uh, improvise there with – the top receiver in the game. You lean into LaFleur's system, which is the McVay version, not the Shanahan version, and what happens? It falls apart. That and the fact that you get – that's the only thing that's giving me hope on LaFleur, guys, is Aaron Rodgers' thumb was broken, our receivers led the league in drops, and we had a freaking carousel at offensive line. Oh, not to mention our tight ends graded out the worst in the league as a positional group. Like, come on. I say worse in the league. That's a bit it's a bit of an exaggeration. Mercedes Lewis graded out pretty good, but we don't want him back because that's one of Aaron's guys. <laughs> Tunyon horrible. DeGuara has not lived up to a third round pick. Tyler Davis, don't get me started. Right? And it's not even don't get me started. This is my opinion. This is what other people say. Like I I was the guy trying to defend him sometimes, and I I, I finally just stopped when you watch the tape. So anyway, Aaron won't run the floor system. Guys, this is it. This is it. 2019 through 21 was a hybrid. You've seen the closest thing to the floor system last year. It looked just like McVeigh's in L.A., and it was horrible because the league has caught on. It's cyclical. Coach Hahn and I talked about this the other day. So I had someone on Twitter message me. This is Shallot, uh, someone who follows me. We've had great interaction. She messaged me and said, hey, um, said, 
all she put was to support your quote, Shanahan, McVeigh, and LaFleur run the offense view. And it was a tweet by Ben Fennel at Ben Fennel underscore NFL. He said 21 personnel touchdowns since 2017. 49ers, 70 touchdowns that they've scored since Kyle Shanahan went to San Francisco in the 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end. The New England Patriots, 32. The Vikings, 29, right? Isn't that funny that the Vikings all of a sudden had success and they're running 21 personnel? Hmm, isn't that strange? Maybe it's because Kevin O'Connell is leaning into the Shanahan style a little bit. I don't know, I could be wrong. That may be old stats too. It's just funny that that pops up like, huh, okay. So 49ers have more more than the second and third most combined, LOL, is what Ben Fennell said. Now, you notice who wasn't on that list? Green Bay. Because we don't run 21 personnel. DeGuara is not a fullback. And people go, well, he's a fullback. He, he's a tight end on the roster, but he's doing the same thing as you check. No, he is not. I pointed it out. Since 2017, when Shanahan arrived, they've gotten, I think Juszczyk has gotten 50 carries as a fullback. DeGuara has zero to the best of my knowledge. If he's got, if he's got a few, let me know. I couldn't find them. Right? Now, why is that? Why do I mention that? Because it's not the same system as Shanahan's. You've got the McVay version and you've got the Shanahan version. LaFleur went McVay. Period. Case closed. You can watch the tape, everything they do. We broke it down the other night, me and Coach Hahn. Go to my YouTube page, you can watch it. The other thing is tight ends. I think, you know, Goody has been trying to – we really haven't even taken any huge swings at tight ends. Look at the final four teams in this playoff, and I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to say it again. The Eagles, Dallas Goddard. Well, he ain't that good. Okay, he was good enough to run Zach Ertz out of town, which it's funny how they're two different types of tight ends, right? You know, Zach Ertz is more of that West Coast stretch the field type tight end and Goddard can put people on their keister. You don't believe me, go watch the McAfee show in the trenches with A.Q. Shipley and watch him blast people because that was a fun segment to watch. Dallas Goddard in Philly, right? Kansas City, Travis Kelsey. Cincinnati, you've got uh, Hurst, Hayden Hurst, had a pretty good year. And then who is the other team? Let me think here. You've got Philly. You've got Cincy. You've got Kansas City. And the 49ers, huh, who's their tight end? Kittle. Well, they don't grow on trees. No, they don't. But those of you saying that we shouldn't take a swing in the first round because you don't take a swing on first round uh, tight ends in the first round, okay, then don't complain if you've never got one, right? And that's the big thing missing. What I'm getting at is this roster is a wreck, man. People people did not play well this year. And it's just like we, we automatically assume because we use first-round picks on certain players – that they're good players. Guys, that's not the case. There's first-round busts all the time, right? It's – I mean, you've got to put – if you see it, you got to say it. And I'm sorry, the, the, the roster did not play well last year, right? Wide receivers. I mean, I'm as excited about Romeo Dobbs as I am Christian Watson. Maybe not quite, but he showed some flashes. But also, just like the emailer listed there with Bill, you had some drop issues, man. Like, if you see it, you got to say it. So – Again, I just want to point that out, that she sent that over to me and was like, hey, look at this, 49ers and their 21 personnel. It's so true. The Patriots have gotten away from it a bit. They're trying to get back to it now. Um, with them hiring in Bill O'Brien, they're going to go a little more of an Alabama approach. I'm, I'm eager to see what happens there. But, again, I uh, just wanted to hit on some of that stuff, man. Um, 
<laughs> I want to get away from this topic. But listeners, emailers, people on Twitter, keep hitting me up with it and they want to talk about it. So we're going to talk about what you guys want to talk about. If you've got another uh, another topic that you want to hit on, hit me up with an email and we'll go that we'll go in that direction. But again, what's been said, he's eaten up too much cap. He averaged out in the last three years as the sixth highest paid quarterback in the league. He's never been the top one, right? Number two, he's washed up, right? He's just he's washed up. He matched his career average of 65%. 65%. He, he matched his average completion percentage of 65% with a broken thumb and wide receivers who led the league in drops. You know, you got receivers falling down. Horrible route combos. Kurt Warner said that, not me. He won't run Matt LaFleur's system. I showed you this is Matt LaFleur's system, the McVay version of this system. Matt LaFleur's got to adapt. Has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers changing the plays or refusing to run the plays that are called. It's silly. It's all made up. Now, as far as the trade talk, I had some people go, you wouldn't take this for Aaron Rodgers? You wouldn't take that for Aaron Rodgers? I'm going to wrap it up with this. If you can tell me, and I, I'm seriously, for those of you hearing my voice, you're like, man, Clayton just doesn't get it. He just doesn't. If you can tell me Jordan Love is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, can you tell me that? I want you to answer out loud. And if you said yes, how do you know? Off the 21 snaps from last year, that's how you know? Well, we don't know until we try. Got it. Completely understand. So in the meantime, we're going to take a top 10 quarterback with a broken thumb. It, I mean, According to this accuracy number that we just seen, he's number two in the league with accuracy. But anyway, we're going to take him and dump him for a $40 million cap hit in 2023 and then turn around and have to get rid of our best offensive player in Aaron Jones, right, and basically strip everything down to the bones and start over rather than making this transition to Jordan Love, even if he is the guy. If he is the guy, then you let Aaron know, look, man, after this year, that's it. We're going to sign him to an extension. We'll have a salary cap break next year. Here's how we're going to here's how we're going to move forward. Aaron's asking for that, guys. You can hear it. He already said there's not going to be any hard feelings if they tell me they want to move on. Like, what else could you ask for from a guy? He's given you almost two decades of great quarterback play, four MVPs, a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP, multiple Pro Bowls, brung on – they still haven't used a first-round pick on a wide receiver, and I cannot believe I'm even mentioning it, but it's it's true. It's true. And he's been able to make all that work over through the years, and then his final decision is, if they want to move on, I understand there's no hard feelings. I'm still going to be a part of this community. He literally said that. Nobody played that soundbite. You notice that? All these soundbites that's getting played out there, nobody played the one where he said, I'm always going to be a part of this community. I'm a minority owner in the Milwaukee Bucks. He's everything you would want in a person to represent your organization other than he doesn't play into the Republican and Democrat aspects of anything. He, he basically said politics is a sham. And there's so many people that love that stuff so much that they can't stand the thought of somebody pointing out the hypocrisy that comes from both sides when they don't genuinely care about people. He talks about love. Oh, he's a hippie. But you're going to go sit down and watch uh, Fox News or CNN and pretend like those people actually care about somebody. If you can't see through that, there's something wrong. That's why people hate him. That's why they hate him. Vaccination status. You can look at it, guys. Look at the timeline. He was a darling in the NFL. And the second he started speaking out against the media 
and then he, quote-unquote, lied about his vaccination status, where he said, I'm immunized. All they had to do was go, that doesn't mean you're vaccinated. Are you vaccinated? And the answer would have came out. Because they didn't do their job, what do they do? Somebody else's fault. He lied to us. Ooh, he's evil. He lied to us. Right? He speaks his mind. I respect that. I don't agree with, probably probably disagree with 80% of the stuff he says. But me personally, I believe people should be able to say what they want to say as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. And if you're still convinced that what he said about vaccination status hurt someone, you're kidding yourself. This was not the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Sorry. If that doesn't fit where you stand and you can't respect the fact that that's my opinion, then hey, man, it's totally cool. We could part ways. You know, just keep in mind that I'm triple vaxxed. And I won't even go into how I feel about it because, man, it's so hard not to say anything. But let's just say that I was convinced it was the right move and I've got some regrets. So appreciate y'all taking the time to hang out with us today. Uh, We're going to get out of here. Hopefully we hit on everything. If I missed your email, if I missed your tweet, I had a bunch of tabs pulled up. I really, really tried to hit on everything. If I did miss it, hit me up again. And we'll fit it into the next show. But that's how I feel about everything. Here's what's cool. You don't have to agree with it. And we can agree to disagree. And here's the one thing I do know. We're all Packer fans. We want what's best for the Packers. Okay? That's what we want. Again, if Jordan Love's a better quarterback and you know that, and you can get multiple first-round picks for him like some of y'all are saying, sign me up. I'm on board with you. But isn't it funny that – All of a sudden, this quarterback that you guys were screaming is washed up. He's the reason they're losing. It's all his fault. He never takes blame, blah, 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 is all of a sudden worth two first-round picks. I don't know how that works. But anyway, if we disagree, it's totally cool. Uh, Appreciate you guys' time uh, hanging out with us. Uh, Hit me up an email. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think, and uh, we'll try to put us together a show next time. I really want to get off this topic, guys. I really do. I just got to. I've got to respect the listeners and what they want to talk about. So that's that's how we got here. So um, as always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back, go. On the fake, Rodgers lets it fly. Has Watson. He's got it on his feet and he's in for the touchdown. That might be the biggest catch of this young receiver's career. Christian Watson, you can see him, it's just press man. They talk about his speed, his ability to get behind the defense. It's just a matter of can he catch it. That's a great job tracking the ball. He just took a big sigh of relief. Look at his buddies greeting him on the sideline, man. That's got to feel good.